Hey everybody, Scott here. Thank you so much for uh, watching the Scott Simmon Podcast or listening to it if you are uh, listening to it on the road. Uh, my name is Scott and I want to thank you for joining me as we talked about this topic of exercising our faith. Uh, hopefully you've been enjoying these uh, discussions uh, through the spiritual disciplines. And my guest today is Matthew Holman. He is the pastor of the Anderson Church of God in Bristol, Virginia. He is also a colleague of mine. We work on the uh, uh, CE team together for the state of Virginia in the Church of God movement. And uh, he's also a good buddy of mine, and he's an avid vinyl collector just like me. So, Matt, welcome to the show. Hey, Scott. Glad to be with you, man. So, if I was to say, if I was to say, give me a working definition of what solitude is, what would you tell me? So in my mind, sort of as I began to prepare for this, um, two words that sort of go together for me when I think of solitude are solitude and the word um, retreat, just to sort of withdraw, to get away. Um, again, I, I feel like there is sort of this uh, negativity surrounding the word uh, retreat, uh, especially as a believer, but uh, you know, we, we think of continuing to press on toward our goal, to move forward, to fight the good fight. Um, but there are certainly times as believers um, where it's beneficial for us to withdraw, where it's beneficial for us to uh, to retreat. So when I think of solitude, I, I definitely couple those words uh, together just to get away uh, where there are no distractions, where it's quiet, um, to sort of uh, gain a more favorable position, if you will. So going with your concept of, you know, solitude retreat, the idea of getting away, how do we attach this to, since it's a spiritual discipline, what are the spiritual benefits or kind of the spiritual aspects of solitude? Um, sort of in the bustle and the busyness of everyday life, uh, I, I feel like the the major, just top of the tier uh, benefit for us is simply to take a moment, uh, as, as scripture says, to be still and know that God is God. Um, I, I think that we get caught up in scheduling. I think that we get caught up in emails and text messages and phone calls and uh, sort of what you know, markers for us as far as what success is in ministry or in family life uh, to just kind of constantly be doing. And I think that the the number one benefit of doing that for us is definitely just to retrain our focus on God, to push everything else out of the way uh, and, and to be able to focus on him, to listen to him, to communicate with him. Because at the end of the day, uh, that is the most important line of communication that you and I can have open. Yeah, and and you you mentioned the hustle and bustle in life, and when I think about that concept, just life. When I think about life in general, there's always something for us to do. Whether it's something we have to do because it's we got to go to a, a place of business to work, we got to go to this place to for an appointment, we got to go to this place to buy essential needs for us to be able to. Um, you know, eat, pay bills, you know, all the, all the stuff about life. So mm -hmm. you can almost find yourself um, from the time you wake up to the time you go to bed that you can really fill your day with task. Mm -hmm. And even, and I think even like sometimes even leisure time can be a task as well. You know, the, the idea of like, you know, I don't, I've gotten away 
from watching live TV for so long that I'm kind of at a point where it's like, that's no longer a task for me anymore. It's not like, Oh, I have to make sure I get turned on my television set at eight o'clock so I can watch survivor because you know, that's not my thing anymore. But for other people, you know, there's certain things like I need to make sure I watch the news at six 30. I need to make sure I watch my dancing with the stars on ABC. You, you know, it's those things, but even in those times of luxury and leisure, they can still become a task and there is no retreat in that. There's kind of a retreat, a more of a, I don't have to worry about working anymore, but you're still doing something. So I guess my challenge is, is when we think about this concept of retreat, are there ways, I guess, and maybe this is an interesting question, but are there ways that we can retreat without actually physically having to get away. Um, I think that that's certainly true. Again, I think uh, sort of, you know, to, to line up with what you said, uh, I, I know that you all have talked about your upcoming vacation time. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, even in the physical act of getting away to rest, there is still so much work and so much preparation to do, uh, to even get ready to go someplace, to have an agenda, to have um, a schedule for driving and travel and all of that stuff that even to get away to relax is almost more work than actually just staying at work. And I think as believers, it's important that we find a way, um, you know, not just to physically retreat away from the busyness, but to sort of disconnect mentally and spiritually from all of those things to, uh, to again, to really just focus on God and what it is that he has for us. Uh, you know, I think about scriptures that talk about God being a refuge. Um, I think about, you know, scriptures that talk about God being a shield. And I think as much as, you know, we like to read those things physically and think of uh, just huge battlements and places that we can exit and get inside of and just sort of, um, you know, physically be rested. I think that it's important for us to sort of draw those same lines spiritually as well, that even, you know, I think about the things that have taken place in the media this week, um, sort of the uh, emotional roller coaster that that most folks have been on. Um you know, it's it's easy to shut the TV off. It's harder to turn your mind off from those things. So even while you're not physically hearing those, you still carry that stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that God is very much a refuge, even in that sense, that we can take those things to him, that we can um, unburden in those places and that we can kind of, you know, retreat and find some solitude from those things uh, through him in that. So. Yeah, and 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 kind of going with that because you mentioned you know retreat with God, being able to connect with God, and I think when it comes to uh, the the spiritual discipline of solitude, what you're kind of doing, kind of like a definition, is that that I kind of use for solitude is that you know we are solitude is creating space for God to intervene. Mm-hmm. So, and I think, you know, that's not, so, you know, when I think about solitude, it's not always a, well, I need to get out and go into the mountains or I need to go into the woods or I need to go to the beach and be separated from people, but mainly, so I am leaving to, I'm going to do something to separate myself from 
the hustle and bustle of life, the inner intricacies of my thoughts to be able to create this space so God can intervene. And I mean, I look at anytime I, and I don't know, maybe, maybe you have done research, maybe you have it, maybe we'll both do research after this podcast, but I've always been uh, curious, you know, anytime when God has actually shown up in a, whether it was a physical presence, whether it was through an audible voice, it seems like the people that he interacted with, that they were in solitude in some shape or form. Mm-hmm. You know, I think, I mean, there's times like, I mean, we for Bible study, we've been going through the book of Genesis. So we've been looking at, the, we're in the patriarchs now. So we've already, we're kind of at the point, we just finished uh, Isaac's uh, passing. So Isaac has passed away. So we're already, but even it seems like with Abraham, with Isaac, even with Jacob, it seems like when God would show up and talk to them or wrestle with them or meet with them in a physical way, they were always isolated. They were always by themselves. So, and I mean, I think about like what Jesus, you know, even Jesus always took opportunities to go up into the mountains and pray. Now, I don't think, you know, was there anything special about going up to the mountain and pray? Um, You know, at least I don't think so. But I think it's just more of the separation to create that space so that he can connect with his father. Um, So, you know, when I think about, so I, I I forgot what I was the question. My follow up question to that, Matt, but that's okay. Uh, but I, so I think when it comes to that aspect of you know the creating space for God, how do you in your own personal spirituality, how do you create that space? Occasionally, um, that has to look like uh, going into the mountains for me. Um, but again, it's like you said. There's there's nothing. You know, I, I think about the idea that. Um, you know, how our corporate worship has changed through COVID-19 and how, uh, you know, to, to be able to experience God, we had rested so much on being able to come together to a building um, in the sanctuary to sit in a pew to be able to feel that. Um, and I think that a lot of folks, if they had not developed uh, the, the habit of um, solitude of being able to try to seek God out on their own before all of this. Um, it certainly is something that has probably become a necessity for most folks now, as we're sort of um, in the in the middle of of all of these circumstances that we've seen. Um, but for me, it's always been uh, again to create that solitude, to be able to find opportunity to get away like that. Um, you know, as as we have even sat here and talked this morning, there are emails going on just before we started the the church's telephone rang here in my office. Um, we we really have to be intentional about turning the volume off, about putting the screens down. Um, you know, again, even if it's just sitting in your own house to just find some way to eliminate those distractions so that as you're, uh, you know, as you're reading through scripture, as you're digging into those things, that it's really more God you're listening to than it is, uh, you know, even the the author that you were reading in the Christian book that you had just put down before you, uh, you know, b- began some scripture reading to be able to eliminate all of those voices, whether they wrote a book, whether they're on television, whether it's, uh, you know, you've probably felt that even in your own sermon prep, that it's less about, 
um, crafting something to deliver for somebody else and more about God serving up what he's already, you know, given to us. Um, you know, so really just prioritizing scripture and taking that time to listen to God before anything else, um, is really, I think even without being physically away from everything, the best way to go about it. It certainly proved to be true for me in in my ministry and in my walk with Christ. Um, anyway, so. Yeah. And and you talk a little bit about eliminating the noise, um, getting kind of separating yourself from the distractions. So practically, how does one do that? I, I, and, and I, and I asked the, and I asked that question because I think there are times where people, they want to have that time of solitude with God. They want to have that time of, man, I really want to experience God in a powerful way. So they may, you know, like Jesus says, when you pray, lock yourself in your room or go into a, or, or like, War room, where I remember when that movie came out, people said, oh, I'm going to convert my closet to a war room. You know, I've had people in church tell me about them, like, do whatever you need to do. And I'm sure they probably did. But it's like that thing where it's like, even if you go out into the mountains, you go onto the porch, you lock yourself in your closet or bathroom or wherever you are to get away to have that time of silence, you still have the noise in your head, mm-hmm. you still have the to-do list that is going. Sure. So how does, so when we want to practice solitude, how do we turn off the noise and not necessarily the external noise, but the internal noise? Um, so I, I think sort of, uh, this is probably really unusual. I think sort of visually about this, um, uh, before it kind of manifests in, uh, uh, being sort of a, a, a mental thing, you know, how you sort of stare at a point, you focus on something as you're just kind of drifting off, uh, you know, with your vision, you focus on one thing, um, and everything else is still there. Um, everything else doesn't cease to exist, but, you know, sort of in that moment as you're, as you're staring, as you're drifting off, uh, just sort of gazing at something, really the only thing that your eyes have focused on um, is, is just that thing that you're looking at. I think that there has to be a point of focus for us um, that, that even, you know, as we enter into solitude again, whether that looks like going into the mountains or locking yourself in a war room or a closet or whatever it is that, you know, you do or whoever does to, to get away. Um, I think you really have to have the point of focus. You know, you have to just kind of zero in on God. You have to, um, you know, just, just make him that thing that is the focus while, you know, everything else is still there. Everything else doesn't just cease to exist in that moment. Um, but you have prioritized above anything else in your mind and your heart and your spirit, uh, that, you know, you want to hear from God before you want to hear from anything else. Um, You know, Mark chapter one, verse number 35 is uh, a really simple verse. It's really just a simple sentence. If I can share that scripture with you, Um, it says before daybreak the next morning, Jesus got up and went out to an isolated place to pray. Um, I, I love that scene because as small as that verse is, as kind of simple as the text is, uh, everything that you and I need to, to get away, to find that solitude, whether it is to physically get away, like we see that he does here, um, or to, to find ourselves in our homes, in our offices, uh, just to kind of pursue that takes place here 
in this verse. Uh, in, in the section just before that, Jesus has been surrounded by people. He's been up late uh, the night before, healing, teaching, preaching, casting out demons, doing all of the stuff that Jesus did. Um, but we read here that before daybreak the next morning, regardless of um, sort of how late he had been up the night before, again, I feel like this is where this becomes a discipline. I feel like this is where um, we see this actually become an exercise that can be practiced for us. Um, folks wake up early for plenty of reasons, whether it's to get a workout in, um, whether it's to just quietly enjoy their coffee before anybody else gets up. Um, folks devote time to the things that are important to them. Um, and, and I think that this is the start of, uh, the example for us in being able to do that is that regardless of how tired he may be from the night before he gets up early, nonetheless, um, he retreats to an isolated place. He puts in the effort to do that, uh, to get away from everybody, to get away from the distractions. Again, Jesus obviously didn't have a phone he could carry in his pocket to worry about emails and those kinds of things. But this sort of last bit of the sentence here, he went out to an isolated place to pray. Um, he had that goal in going that he was going to spend time in connection with the Father. And I think that's sort of where the, the difference is for us, is even when all of those things are still going around uh, close to you, nearby to you, even when you know that as soon as that time is over, you're going to have to go back to thinking about what's next on your agenda. You're going to have to think about answering the phone calls and responding to emails. Um, there has to be that moment that in spite of all of those things, you go in with the goal to connect with God before anything else takes place. Yeah, I think I think that's good stuff, man, because I mean, it is it's a discipline. And I think, you know, when we talk about exercising our faith, it's something that you have to kind of condition yourself to do. And just kind of like with um, when I think about conditioning and exercise, you know, with um, when COVID-19 hit, you know, our whole my whole spring rugby season just went out the window. Um, so now we're starting to see some guys in our group chat saying, Hey, let's get back. Let's start running again. Let's start, you know, kind of working out again. And I was at a, at, in my gym, they had an outdoor like circuit training thing. So I went and did that. And my goodness, that about killed me. I thought I was going to die. Um, because I was running, like I was pushing 110 pounds from one end of the parking lot to the other, just so I could put it on my back and run down to the other end and back. And just those two out of the uh, 12 stations, those two back to back were grueling. Um, and especially when it's 90 degree weather outside, it didn't help matters at all as well. But I, I bring up that anal I bring up that story because I think when it comes to a discipline, sometimes you have to be able to practice. And again, like what I said before, you know, it seemed like anytime when people heard the voice of God, they were always in isolation. Does that mean, man, if I climb up to the highest mountain in Virginia and sit on there and you know, leave my phone in the car and just sit on sit on top of the mountain and just look over everything and really focus on God, is God going to be like, what's up? Like, well, he probably wouldn't say what's up, but, <laughs> but you know, would he, would, would I hear his voice? Would he, would there be some type of physical manifestation that would come before me that was God that would be appearing? Um, I, my, my answer to that is probably not. 
But at the same time, I know when I would take retreats, like when I would get away and the sole purpose was just for me to connect with God. That was the whole focus of my trip. You know, the first day it was hard because it was always, you know, the static and the noise. I think one time I was sitting on a dock and I was hearing like heavy breathing and my eyes were closed. I'm sitting on a dock and I kept feeling it getting louder. And then I hear click, click, click on the deck. I'm thinking, what the heck is behind me? Is there a bear behind me? Like, I don't know what it was. It was, it was a dog. So thankfully not a bear, (laughs) but you know, it's stuff like that where I was so distracted, but after the next day and especially practicing it, you know, morning, evening, and really trying to take those moments to do that, I just found that it got very simple. And again, you mentioned the word focus. And I think that was kind of the big thing was trying to focus on something where when that becomes your focus, that everything else just kind of gets washed away. Everything else kind of gets turned down or gets muted. And even just the other day, um, I was sitting on my front porch and, you know, I was sitting there going to do something else. Actually, I was in, I think I was in a meeting. I was in a meeting with you on Tuesday. I was sitting on the porch and then afterwards, you know, I was just sitting out there and I was just really noticing the wind blowing just mm-hmm. the, and hearing it and feeling it. And I was just focusing on the wind. And next thing you know, that was the only thing that was on my mind. So I'm like, okay, let me now transition into this time of prayer, this time of meditation. And I did that. And, you know, not once did the to-do list come on, not once did the vibrations or the the thing that or thinking that, oh, did my phone vibrate? Oh, do I got to check it? Like there was no reaction. It was just all that stuff just kind of went out. So I think for those of us who may be struggling with the concept of solitude because you get so distracted, I think the big thing is just trying to find a point of focus. If that means you have to get out and walk a trail, do that. If it means you have to lock yourself in a closet, do that, but then have a point of focus. And I know even in the early church, especially within uh, orthodoxy and Catholicism, they used to have things called icons, which were just images or pictures. And I talked a little bit about this on prayer, but Uh, it's that idea where if you're looking at something, then that becomes your focal point. And then it's not that I'm praying to St. Francis or I'm praying to St. Assisi, but it's more of what they represent and me focusing on their focus on a picture, focusing on maybe a specific prayer they prayed, you know, that kind of helps draw things, the things I don't want out and the things that I do want with my spiritual life that starts to become more of a focus and it starts to kind of gather that stuff in. And in that you're creating space so that God can intervene with you. Mm-hmm. So, um, so with that being said, is there anything else about solitude that we haven't even covered? Um, I, I feel like the, <laughs> the, the benefits after um, mm. you take that time are important to weigh out. Uh, I, I loved your talking about sort of the workout routine and how that changed, how getting back into that was, um, I don't know, I hurt a little bit listening to people talk about their exercise routines because I'm not in very good shape uh, physically, I have to admit. Um, so I, I think about, you know, sort of the pain that there is in getting back into a routine of that, the soreness in your muscles. Um, and, and I feel like if you look at solitude, if you look at that uh, getting away 
there probably is some pain involved in that as you begin to exercise that, as you begin to, um, you know, get into a routine of it. Uh, while it's not necessarily a physical pain, um, you know, we we become kind of, and I, you know, you've talked a couple of times about the meetings that you and I have been in, mm-hmm. uh, looking at summer camp schedules and those kinds of things. Um, when when it comes to having to shift a routine, when it comes to having to um, change your priorities, there's some pain, there's some discomfort in that. Um, and, and when it comes to, you know, prioritizing what is um, worth your focus in, in those seasons and those times of solitude that um, we should be practicing, um, you have to move some things around. You have to take your eyes off of what you think is the most important thing. Um, you know, you mentioned sort of our priorities earlier and how, you know, we have a list of necessities, but what we think are necessities, what we think are the things that deserve the most uh, attention from us, I, I think that if if a lot of us would take the time to compare those to a list of things that God is giving us that are priorities, um, I wonder how many of those things would be on both lists. So when it comes to making those adjustments, uh, you know, I, I think that there there is discipline in the fact that it hurts to change some of that stuff, especially when you think it's a priority and God's telling you that there's something more important than that that you need to focus on. Again, we kind of see that in in this um, text about Jesus getting up early to pray. Um, again, this is one of my favorite moments in scripture. The New Living Translation sort of uh, says it this way, later Simon and the others went out to find him. And when they found him, they said, everyone is looking for you. So again, you know, folks are in need of healing. Folks are in need of, uh, you know, this or that. And Jesus can offer those things to him. Um, And then the book of Mark records these words in verse 38. It says, but Jesus replied. Um, I, I love the use of the word, but there, because it lets me know that the response that Jesus gave was probably not the response that they were expecting him to give. And he says, we must go on to other towns as well, and I will preach to them too. That is why I came. Um, when we exit those times of solitude, I think that the benefit for us in that is that with everything else that we have going on, we're able to kind of um, zero in on what God is telling us the most important things are. So while, you know, the healings and the demon casting, you know, those exorcisms and that kind of thing were important, they mattered, um, and they weren't bad things, um, we see that there was a more important thing that needed to take place here. Um, And while I don't think Jesus needed that time of prayer to see that, I think that we needed to see Jesus Um, exit that time of prayer and say this so that we could see that those times of solitude, those times of connection with God, those times of uh, focus solely on him sort of read correct our course in pursuing him and what he tells us are the most important things. Um, I think in a way it sort of simplifies things for us when we spend that time with him in that way. Um, and, and I definitely, if I had to say that there was a most important benefit outside of simply finding ourselves in his presence, um, that would be it that, you know, we are able to, to walk away with what the most important things are for us to devote our attention to. And I think in doing that solitude is easier for us, uh, to commit time to the next time. 
Yeah, and and, I, and you're spot on with that. And I would even I would even add to that by you know kind of the benefits of solitude is that when you practice it so long and you kind of make it a discipline to your part of your regimen or your spiritual workout regimen. I always find myself that, you know, I'm no longer distracted by stuff. Mm-hmm. I'm no longer distracted by hurry. I'm no longer distracted by to-do lists that when I need to kind of have that time of solitude, it's not like, okay, let me go walk in the park or let me go to my office or go somewhere where it's completely noise. Like, yeah, I could be in the house and my kids could be screaming or doing whatever. I may have to make my downstairs. It doesn't mean that I no longer hear them screaming or playing or having fun. I still hear the pounding. I still hear all that, but what I'm seeing, but what's happening mentally and spiritually is that kind of, it's almost like that gets drowned out so that the presence of the Lord can come in. And it's almost like before it took a while to kind of get to that point, but now it's almost like a light switch where you can just switch it on and it's there. And then once you're done, you can get back to, you know, the present moment. Um, So yeah, good. So thank you, Matt, for uh, joining me on this uh, topic of, of uh, solitude. Uh, Any, any information that you would like to share about what you're doing or any information about your church? So if there's people are listening all over the world that they can kind of know where they can find you, where they could hear you or any things you would like to make some shout outs to. Um, yeah, you can find us at 1075 Wagner Road in Bristol, Virginia. Um, we're a, a small church, um, but we have some of the sweetest folks you could ever hope to meet. Um, just sort of a closing point about solitude. Um, we talked through a series here a while back about um, being intentional as a believer and how there are some things that require our focus um, regularly that sort of the longer that you are a believer, those things kind of, you know, become, uh, less, less intentional and more, you know, um, we, we kind of forget it, but we pay less attention to those things. And in that we defined the word intentional as simply meaning to be, to do something regularly on purpose with purpose. Um, and I hope that if anybody comes across this, uh, that that you take the time to focus on this, that you take the time that in the middle of, you know, sort of the craziness that is the media and social networks and, uh, you know, just life in general these days, that you kind of take a moment to just center your heart on God, that you let those things melt away, um, that you, you know, for lack of a better term, take a moment just to forget about that stuff um, and to focus on him. And I think in doing that, you'll find peace that you can't get anywhere else. So. All right. Well, thank you so much, Matt. Um, and everyone, thank you so much for listening. Again, you can uh, find uh, Scott Simmons podcast on YouTube. Uh, You can also find it on any podcast listening site, Apple Music, Google Play, Spotify. Uh, Pretty much if you can listen to a podcast, uh, whatever you're using, uh, you can find find us there. And again, thank you. Feel free to like, share, and subscribe. Share this with someone who may be needing this. And I can't wait to be able to uh, uh, talk to you guys next week. All right. Hope you're having a great week, and I will talk to you later.